occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hi, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 14. I'm Abby. I'm Kate. We'll be your ghostesses this evening. Nice. Today I'm talking about the vampire clan murders, which is a true crime, occult crime, kind of spooky tale. Love that. I'm going to be talking about the Loch Ness Monster. The um, possible other explanations, evidence, etc. The big sea animal. Hell yeah. Lake animal. It's not a sea. Fish. <laughs> what is she? Well, I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, that we will. Want to say anything before we get started? I need to say that last week I spoke about Phineas Gage, not Thomas, I think I called him. The guy with the ra- railroad made a mistake on his first name, so I'm sorry about that. You're fired, Kate. <laughs> Anything you have to say? I don't think so. Oh. Anything you want me to say? No. I want you to say what your story's about this week. All right. (laughs) I'll just get started. So today I'm going to be talking about the sinister case of the vampire clan murders and the guy who led it. His name is Rod Ferrell. For reference. Mm -hmm. Sources are mysteriousuniverse.org, Wikipedia, listverse.com oxygen.com and i watched some youtube documentaries of like interviews with them and stuff okay cool i don't have that many sources because this wasn't a huge thing pathetic how many sources do you have today like 28 (laughs) i've got quite a few today (laughs) you always have a few so this story takes place in 1990s in florida and Rod Ferrell, Rod, Rod, oh my god, Rod Ferrell. It's gonna be a long episode ladies and gentlemen i didn't realize what tongue twister his name was just call him rod rod He's an outcast at school. He's a gothic guy with long hair, a black trench coat, and he's a bit of a loner. Sounds like an outcast. We've all been there. (laughs) He describes his room as having upside-down crosses, broken shards of glass, and hooks with metal cables wrapped around them. But he didn't have a lot of sleepovers. (laughs) By all accounts, Rod had been very obsessed with death, satanic imagery, and demons from a very young age. Because of this, he had convinced himself that he was in fact a 500-year-old vampire by the name of Visago. It's easily done. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there. Whoops, slipped up, now I'm 500 years old. Suddenly. (laughs) Masago is a demon. Uh, He's third in command of the spirits of Satan and possesses special powers. Masago, or Rod, I guess, says he was given this name, but it's unclear as to who he thinks gave him this name or what happened. Right. So. Is it like an alter ego? Or is it like him? Does he refer to himself as Rod or Masago? I would presume Masago. Right. But, I mean, I don't know. I've only watched prison interviews, so obviously he doesn't call himself that there. Fair enough. So Rod was also obsessed with death, as I mentioned, but he's also he's had this since he was a child. And he says, as a child, the electric chair was a fantasy of his, and that he would dream of his own death when he was nine years old. Sorry, if he was um, a child, and he's 500 year old, then the electric chair wouldn't have been a thing. Fuck you, Rod. What do you mean? I mean, like, if he's out there saying that he's 500 years old, and he was like, oh yeah, when I was nine, I loved the electric chair. Was the electric chair even a thing 500 years ago? You've debunked it. I have. Yeah, cool. On to mine. Anyway, the lock. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, when he was 15, his mother came home to find that he had carved an upside-down cross onto his chest with a razor. Oof. 
Rod was also, from a young age, a frequent drug user, and he was using LSD, cocaine, and heroin by the age of 14. Jesus Christ, who was giving him these? No idea. This got him expelled from school in the ninth grade. He also had explosive mood swings and violent tantrums, often due to mixing cocaine and heroin and using them at the same time. Because of this, his family decided to up and move to Kentucky to try and make things better, but things only got much worse. I feel like relocation isn't something that will fix that. Maybe need... they just thought that like, he was a bit troubled. In... I don't know how much they knew about his drug problems. You know what helps that? Therapy. Not relocating Moving to Kentucky. To Kentucky. <laughs> In Kentucky, Rod fully embraced drugs, Satanism, and the occult. He'd branched out from being a loner and began meeting other people with similar interests. Which is always... Probably not a good thing. At least he's not alone. I guess, yeah. See, this is the thing, is that I don't know how intense this was supposed to get. I think it was kind of just his little his little group. Squad. I can't imagine that he was going into this with the intention of killing based on what happens next. Right, okay. So his group would often meet to perform rituals and discuss demons. At one point, Rod and another boy named Howard were arrested for attacking dogs at an animal shelter and leaving several of them severely injured. Oh. So they weren't nice people. They were obviously troubled. I think they kind of went into this with the intention of wholesome ritual fun, but that didn't really work out, you know? Yeah. As the group got larger and closer, they happened to find a haunted abandoned building, because of course they did. Oh yeah, just stumble upon it. And they called this the Vampire Hotel. Their meetings moved to this location, and they would engage in more rituals such as killing animals tasting each other's blood and referring to themselves as the vampire clan. Right. Um. Okay. What? Why were they killing animals? For rituals? Ah. I, d- I feel like vampires and rituals don't necessarily go hand in hand. Yeah, he, well, he's not He's not really a vampire, is he, though? He's... Yeah. He's troubled. Yeah. So the others just went along with it. They were like, oh, I live on the They were all down for it. So basically, when a new member arrived, Rod would cut himself and force them to drink his blood, kind of like an initiation. And he would also burn a small V into their arm. But despite this, the the group grew (laughs) to around 30 members. Sorry? Nothing. Carry on. (laughs) So there were 30 people who had voluntarily been like, yeah, this is fine. So I guess they did also believe that, or they believed that he was, and they were like, wow. Incredible, 500 years old. Um, alright. Um, I feel like the 500 year old bit is kind of the deal breaker for me. You know what I mean? You can be open to that Not kind the of rituals? Thing. Well, no, because people do rituals, you know what I mean? Even if they don't involve sacrifice, rituals happen regardless. Like, I think it's odd that rituals happen anyway, because, like, who says that that's going to do anything? You know? I guess, but you can have your own beliefs. I think it's the killing animals thing that people weren't really involved, like, wanting to be involved with. I mean, yeah, like, obviously I don't agree with it, but there are rituals that require that or that's that practice or, you know, whatever. But, like, I don't know, I feel like the 500-year-old bit would really just be like a... Are you having a laugh? Maybe some people just joined it because they thought it was a cool roleplay thing. Okay. And if he says it's okay to drink his blood, then I guess it is. I don't, I'm not these children. Yeah. They're all about 16, 17. I have no idea what was going through their heads, whether they were okay. I don't know. Once they had established the group, Rod's childhood friend Heather, Heather Wendorf, 
began to express interest in joining the clan and leaving behind her family. So she was back in Florida where they originally lived. Okay. Obviously, Rod encouraged this, and he got together some of his clan to drive to Florida to pick her up and bring her to the hotel. He gathered up Howard, the guy who helped injure the dogs, mm. his girlfriend Charity, and a girl called Dana. That's a bit ironic, isn't it? Yeah, Charity. <laughs> Heather expressed that living at home was hell. Her parents were abusive and she needed saving. The clan, clan arrived at Heather's house at the evening of November 26th, 1996. Mm-hmm. Rod said that he took LSD before entering the home. Good. As you do. Love that. And he went in through the unlocked garage. He grabbed a crowbar in case her parents refused to let her come with them. Cool. You can see where this is going. He's not very stable. No. Heather's father, Richard, was asleep on the couch, and her mother, Ruth, was asleep, was in the shower. <laughs> asleep in the shower. <laughs> her mom was in the shower, and her dad was asleep on the couch. <laughs> Before he got a chance to wake up, Rod beat him over the head multiple times, fracturing his skull and ribs, knocking him out and killing him. Oh my goodness. Ruth came into the living room to find her husband dead on the sofa and Rod standing over him. Rod then bludgeoned her to death with the crowbar. No. And he later said that he was going to allow her to live, but she lunged at him and poured scalding coffee on him and it made him angry, so he killed her. He said that in an interview later on that he had no idea where the notion came from, but him and Howard just decided to kill them straight up. So that's what they did. And he said that it isn't black and white like that. Like, it isn't... Sorry, it isn't great. It's very black and white. You kill someone or you don't. But he was like, that's just how it is. That's what it was like. So, killed him. Really casual. Hmm. They also ambitiously danced around the body of Richard before he died. Richard's body was found with burn marks in the shape of a V. Like, what he gave to his, his clan. So, obviously, they were a bit sick. They didn't just kill him by accident and then leave, you know? Yeah. Jesus. The group took Heather and stole a shotgun on their way out. Was she, like, fine with it? She didn't know until they were on the road. Oh. They didn't tell her. They just were like, come on, Heather. Your parents are gone. Yeah, and then when they were leaving, they told her. So was she, like, upstairs when this was happening? I couldn't find out exactly where she was. Maybe she just went outside, you know, right. waiting, and then they went in. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it said that she didn't know until Jesus. until they left. So they began the drive back, but they intended to stop off at a video arcade that Rod liked in New Orleans. Right. So after four days on the road, Charity called her grandma to ask for money, but her grandma insist, uh, instead called the police about her whereabouts because she was like, well, why is my kid driving with these people to New Orleans? A bit yeah. random. So the teens headed to a local, ho- local hotel where they were immediately arrested by law enforcement. Good. Rod bragged about killing. He bragged about killing them, um, and then he warned the police that he was a powerful vampire with vast powers. The trial was obviously a media circus because a bunch of satanic teens claiming to be ancient vampires is going to be something people want to see. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, Rod took full responsibility for the murders, saying that it was him and Howard who'd been behind it all, and the girls had not even been in the house at the time, which is true. He also explained his story about not wanting to kill Ruth before she threw coffee at him, because that makes it better, obviously. How did she have coffee? I thought she was in the shower. Maybe she had coffee in the shower. Maybe she made it on the way out. I don't know. <laughs> Please don't do that. It just says that my, my research said that she had coffee and she obviously attacked him with it because it was hot. And then he got angry and bludgeoned her to death with a crowbar. 
Jesus. Rod's attorney tried to argue that he was insane because he was diagnosed with a personality disorder and had Asperger's. Well, also, he was saying he was a 500-year-old vampire. Yeah. The University of Florida also attested to the fact that Rod could sometimes see spiritual things, like angels and demons. So, of course, he believed in them to this degree. Like, of course, he thought he was some demonic creature because he could see them. You know, he thought it was real. Oh, yeah, for sure. The judge told Rod, I think you are a disturbed young man. I think your family failed you. I think society failed you. And then he sentenced him to death. Oh my god. Alright. Charity was sent to prison for 10 years and Dana for 17 and Howard was sentenced for life. For two years, Rod held the record for the youngest inmate on death row because he committed the crimes when he was just 16. But the sentence was changed to life in prison because there was a convenient rule change that said you had to be 17 or older to be executed for a crime. <laughs> Charity Someone had was, Rod's back. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was Satan. <laughs> Charity was released in, in 2006, and Dana was released in 2011, and Howard's sentence was reduced to 40 years. So Heather was also cleared, as a side note, because they killed her parents. She didn't know they were gonna... Yeah. How did she react? Do you know? No idea. My goodness. I would imagine badly. Well, yeah. She said, like, I want to be taken away, but she didn't say, come and kill my family. I don't know, though. I mean, it depends kind of how she thought, because she said that her parents, like, abused her or whatever, didn't she? She said, yeah, but she said she dreamt of running away. Yeah. It's not the same as, come and kill my parents. Oh, yeah, no, I, I get that completely. I just, I don't know how she felt towards her parents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I watched some interviews with him, like, in prison, and he's one of the, those guys where, like, you know when you watch prisoners and they have such such an incredibly emotionless face? Mm. And he talks in like super cryptic ways. I hate that. I'm it, like, it's, all right, you're not that fucking smart. Yeah, it's kind of like he's intentionally trying to be mysterious and overly pretentious and like, I'm an ancient vampire. You know, like it's 500 years old. Yeah, that's how he acts. Oh. It's, But it's infuriating, you know, when he talks because it's, it's obvious he's just trying really hard yeah. to be like that. It's cringy. I hate that. He talks about when he killed Heather's parents, he felt a rush, feeling almost like a god. But he says he knew he couldn't have been a god in that moment because no god would have done that. And he also still believes that he's an ancient vampire, but he he denies being a Satanist. Fair enough. I mean, so, I get why you'd feel a rush, like a totally like adrenaline. Because, Especially like, if you're on like drugs as well. Oh yeah, man's on LSD and he's just killed someone. Like, I do not know what that would feel like. I feel like you cannot even imagine what that would feel like. No, but you know, I get why he felt a rush. Obviously, it's not good, but yeah. Damn. So a little extra background on some childhood stuff before we conclude, because mm -hmm. I think that that's interesting. It doesn't excuse anything, but it's quite interesting to like think about why they became like this. Yeah. So, the year after the murders took place, Rod's mother was tried for writing sexually charged letters to a 14-year-old boy when she was 34 years old. Oh. Yeah. That fucking sucks. And a plot twist. So, what she said in the letter, obviously I'm not going to read the whole letter, uh -huh. but she talks about wanting to be immortal with him, wishing to be his vampire bride forever and him to be her sire. Oh, so she was crazy too. Rod and his friends were also heavily into role-playing games such as Dungeons and & Dragons and Vampire the Masquerade. 
Vampire the Masquerade. Wow. Throwback. Yeah, right? <clears throat> right, okay. And Howard joined the gang to be closer to his friends because he came from a very poor family where his alcoholic uh, father often beat his mother. That's so, just an excuse hitting a fucking dog, does it? No, but it kind of explains why he was part of the gang because what I was thinking is that he could be a horrible kid. He could just be a really messed up person. They could all be psychopaths. But it could also be that if Rod came from this family where his mom is acting like this, he's playing all these games, he has this issue where he can see demons and stuff, I guess it could make sense as to why he thought he was this 500-year-old vampire with all these powers. And then if he he told people, and like Howard is, you know, this kid who wants a stability and like to be part of something, and then he's like, oh, I have to do whatever Rod wants me to do. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, if he's grown up, I mean, his mum might have been telling him, like, you are a vampire. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. Like, as, as I said, why I don't think it excuses it, it's very interesting to think about. Yeah. Like, how were these, ki- how were these kids raised to be able to do something like that at such a young age? Because they were just kids. They were, like, 16. What about the other two? I, I don't know. They just went along with it, I guess. Charity was his girlfriend, apparently, so. Yeah. Jesus Christ, though. I can't imagine... You know, obviously I know that a rocky childhood kind of then set you up for a lot of bad stuff later on. Yeah. But it was such a brutal killing. Everything is just very intense about this story. I think that's the thing, is that it's not even just, like, a couple of bits. It's just a wild ride from start to finish. Yeah, and like the fact that he branded with the V. Yeah, he wanted this cult. That's what I mean. Like, I I believe real vampires are a thing. I do not think that he is one of them. I think he was just a guy that had this power trip from thinking he was something special and like really powerful. And maybe that's because he was mentally ill or, you know, his childhood or whatever. But either way, I think he definitely got from that and like getting people to like be branded and stuff with the thing that he came up with. Yeah. They had this hideout, like, I think it was a weird power trip. Wow. Jesus. So what do you think of that? I don't know. I mean, I don't think he was a vampire. No. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't vampires. I'm just saying, like, if if he is the embodiment of a vampire, then we wouldn't have any left because they'd have all been on death row. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Also, 500 years old. Yeah. Doubt it. I think he was just a really troubled kid. Yeah. And had had a tro- troubled upbringing. Um, and, you know, the other, the other kid also had the same. And then they just... I mean, he was on, like, drugs... And they mess with you anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not for saying sure. that everyone that takes LSD then goes on to commit brutal murder, but like the fact that he was on drugs, trying to get this girl out, you know, he'd taken a weapon in any way. He was like he'd already said in his head, like, it's fine to hurt someone, do you know what I mean? Well, as I said, he must have already had this power trip as well. Like he's going there to bring this girl back to his clan. He thinks he's an all-powerful vampire. Nothing's yeah. going to stop him in that moment. Nothing is going to stop him. Exactly. And his pe- they didn't even do anything. He just saw him and was like, I have to kill this man. I have an overwhelming urge to end this man's life randomly. Yeah. 
I wonder if it had been any different if he was awake. Maybe. Because I feel like although you're sort of, although he was disillusioned, sort of being like, yeah, I'm an almighty 500 year old vampire, I wonder if any sense would have kicked in when he was like, actually, this guy's an adult. Like, I'm 16. He's going to beat the shit out of me if I swing for him. Possibly. Yeah, but, mm. but I don't know, he attacked the mum as well, didn't he? She was awake, so... Yeah, but he said that he attacked the mum because she pissed him off. Yeah, true. True. I don't know, it's a horrible story. I feel sorry for the girl as well, if she didn't want that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think she's studying art now. I read somewhere. Goddamn artist. Shut up. <laughs> so, Scare Scale, how scary do you think this is? Out of five. Um, I don't think it's nice, you know? I don't think it's scary. It doesn't keep me up at night. But I'm going to say like a like a two, maybe. What do you think the threat level of this is? What's the danger level? Probably like a three and a half, four. Okay. Well, the credibility is obviously there. There is full proof. Well, yeah, it's true crime. Alternative explanations? Maybe he was possessed. Maybe he was just troubled. True. But he could have been possessed. He could have. Yeah. If he had this sort of alter ego, where would he get that name from? Unless he's researched vampire names. Well, he was super into to demons and stuff. He was really into Satanism and demons, and it's a demon name. Well, if he was practicing Satanism and demonology stuff, maybe he was possessed. Entirely possible. Yeah. A new thought I hadn't thought of. Yeah. I'm not saying he was, but it's, it's a possibility. Been. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Good story. Thank you. I hadn't heard it before. Any photos uh, referenced in this, any photos of the people will be on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at MidsMagicPod. And if you want to support the podcast through Patreon, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash MidsMagicPod. The Patreon's got a whole bunch of tiers. We've got things ranging from shout-outs, follow-backs, to whole new episodes, short stories, stuff like that. If you want to go check it out, we have recently re-updated the tiers. So go have a little look. And if you have any spooky stories, haunted happenings, or terrifying tales, then you can always email us at mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com, or you can send it to us via Facebook or Instagram. Cool. You want to get started on Nessie? I'm excited to learn about this big fish thing. <laughs> Whatever she may be. Alright, so this week I'm doing the Loch Ness Monster, aka Nessie. My sources. <clears throat> Wikipedia, Britannica.com, A Monstrous Commotion, The Mysteries of Loch Ness by Gareth Williams. Telegraph.co.uk, Nessie.co.uk, Paranormal-info.fr latimes.com, timetoast.com, dailymailtheguardian.com, theweek.co.uk, invernesscourier.co.uk, hoaxes.org, lochnessproject.org. Give it a rest! North Tonight, The Monsters of Loch Ness by Raw Macau Mackle. That's it. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to start this off by explaining about the loch itself. So, the Loch Ness is a freshwater lake in the Scottish Highlands. Loch is lake just so that everyone's clear on that when I start calling it lake. It's a very large Scottish loch, second only to Loch Lomond or Lomond 
In terms of swimming length, it took Brenda Sherratt 31 and a half hours to swim the length of the lock in 1966. It's also especially deep, making it the largest in terms of water volume in the British Isles. Its deepest point is 230 metres. It's not a clear lake, as in like when you look into it, you can't see very far because it has a high peat content in the soil around the lake. So, deep dark lake. Fascinating lake information. <laughs> I just wanted to set the scene. No, no, I, I'm set. Partly due to all of this, there's an RNLI station on the Loch Ness. For those that don't know, the RNLI, or Royal National Lifeboat Institution, or RNLI. Is a huge charity in the UK, Republic of Ireland, Channel Islands, and Isle of Man. It's basically a volunteer-led lifeboat service. And if you're somewhere that the RNLI is, then definitely go support them. I love them as a charity. Anyway, on to the star of the show, Nessie. Reports of Nessie go way back. There are stone carvings done by the Pict. The Pict were people that lived in what has now become eastern and northeastern Scotland. They date back to around 297 AD, so if there's only one Nessie, she's really, really old. The Pictish people were extremely good at art, um, not using symbols and patterns sparingly. You probably know their art if you saw it, I'll put a photo on Instagram, of the Abilemno Kirkyard Stone. Anyway, there are Pictish stone carvings of a large animal with flippers, which could possibly be Nessie. In terms of when Nessie appeared in writing, it was in 565 AD that a biography of St. Columba mentioned a monster biting a swimmer, then rearing to attack another man when Columba told the beast to go back and made the sign of the cross. The monster then listened and left. There isn't much on Nessie until fairly recently, in 1933, when a road was finished by the lock that meant you could see the lake with no obstructions. Soon after, a couple reported having seen a huge animal that they said was similar to a whale-like monster. This was obviously newsworthy, and a newspaper included the story. More sightings then came flooding in, stemming from that story. And another sighting was from George Spicer, who said he saw the closest thing to a dragon moving across the lock with an animal in its mouth. Wow. Yeah. About half a year later, Hugh Gray took a photograph that he claimed showed Nessie Hanging out in Loch Ness. Hanging out. <laughs> well, he Chilling, didn't say that. Watching Netflix. I've paraphrased. Wearing a gym shorts. <laughs> Yoga pants. The photo will be on Instagram. Most people have criticised the photo and said it's a hoax because it's super blurry. And also it kind of looks like a dog holding a stick and swimming. Like a Labrador or something. So People didn't really like that photo much. <laughs> A month later, the Daily Mail hired Marmaduke Wetherill, who hunted large animals, to find the sea beast. Marmaduke set off on his way and came back saying there were huge footprints that belonged to a very powerful, soft-footed animal. I was going to look up what he meant by soft-footed, but I quite like the idea of Nessie tiptoeing politely around the shores. Yeah, I imagine her being just gentle. <laughs> her big flippers just gently on the shore. Marmaduke also said that the animal was probably about six metres long and the animal had four toes. So I guess that means that Nessie's amphibious? I always imagine that. Did you say Marmaduke was a... What was he? He just hunted large game. And his name is Marmaduke. Yeah. Imagine being born and that's your name. Like You know that you have to go into a cool job like that. You know? <laughs> like That's such a, a hunter name. 
Marmaduke Wetherill. I'm searching down animals. So, if this was Nessie, she can also be on land, I guess. <laughs> can you imagine seeing her on land? Yeah, right? Giant. However, the Natural History Museum said that these tracks were all identical to each other. Like, each footprint was identical, whereas normally there would be differences between your feet. Do you know what I mean? Maybe she's got one foot. <laughs> she was hopping from left to right. Gentle, soft hopping. And they were probably made with an ashtray or an umbrella stand with something similar to, like, a hippo leg as a base. Oh. Yeah. And it was, like, printed on as a hoax. And no one knows whether Marmaduke is the cause of the hoax or whether he just fell for it. Next year, April 1934, there is the famous photo of Nessie. It's known as the surgeon's photo, and it appeared in the Daily Mail. This shows a distant shot of a body of water with a seemingly long neck and tiny head coming out of it. There was a photo taken by Dr. Robert Kenneth Wilson. However, it's believed that the photograph doesn't show Nessie. It instead shows a tiny model fastened to a toy submarine or something similar. i got to say, though, props to the guy, because I wouldn't have thought to attach it to like a submarine, because then it's got sort of waves coming off of it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The man behind the creation of the hoax object, so the model, is Christian Sperling, who was the son-in-law of Marmaduke. Marmaduke had been publicly ridiculed by the Daily Mail after the hoax footprints, so this was done for revenge. The surgeon's photograph has stayed popular, and Google Street View commemorated the 81st anniversary of the photograph in 2015 by adding a feature that enables users to view the lock both above and below water. Well... Unfortunately, it doesn't work anymore. I tried about an hour ago. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In the same year, a man called Arthur Grant said that he nearly hit the creature on his motorbike. Oh my God, what was she doing on the land? <laughs> or was he driving in the water? <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining like a huge beast, like the size of a house, whale animal with like feet. Mm -hmm. And it's just in the road and he like doesn't see it for some reason. <laughs> His eyes has, has to like skid in the road because there's this huge animal and he's like oh no I almost hit you I'm sorry I've clarified that Arthur was on the motorbike and not the Loch Ness Monster oh awesome <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that it's so funny um, it was about 1am the creature saw him and crossed back to the lock so, so it was she didn't land. really care she was just stood there yeah she was just in the middle of the road Nessie get out of the way <laughs> get out of someone's here. gonna hit you sweetheart in 1954, the first sonar readings were taken by a fishing boat attempting to find Nessie. They're not the first sonar readings ever. I've worded that really awfully. They were just the first ones done in search of Nessie. The crew said there was a large object keeping pace with the vessel at around 146 metres deep. Contact was lost after about 800 metres of travelling. A year after, Peter McNabb took a photograph showing two long black bumps in the lake. It was by a castle, so you can really see the size of it. However, there were differences between the photograph and the negative, showing that the negative had been created by re-photographing a print. So basically, it was just doctored. Oh, man. Yeah. In March 1959, Dennis Tucker, who was an expert on eels and deep-sea fish, in my opinion, the creepiest job title, yeah, right? <laughs> what do you do? I'm an expert on eels and deep sea fish. I'm an eel man. 
He visited the Loch Ness and saw a huge humped object travelling across the lake. He had to conclude that what he had seen was a plesiosaur. This being a dinosaur that had a broad, flat body, short tail, four flippers, and a very long neck. That's what I imagine that to look like. It's what I imagine when I think of any water dinosaur. Not yeah. that I imagine that often. <laughs> Every day when she thinks about water dinosaurs, this is the one. Whenever I close my eyes and imagine a water dinosaur, it's Nessie. In 1960, a photograph was released showing foam bursts from flipper strokes of Nessie, supposedly. The guy that released the photo was Tim Dinsdale. In fact, he had taken a film and the photograph was a still. The film showed a dark object moving across the lock, turning left and then moving parallel to the far shore. Everyone criticised this as not being Nessie, Nessie, as it was a boat on the lock, end of. In 1965, it was sent to the Joint Air Reconnaissance Centre for a report on what they thought it was, basically, so he wanted to double check. The centre sent a report to Tim and also to the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau that had been established three years prior. Can I join that? <laughs> that sounds really cool. The report substantiated the claims that it was probably just a fishing boat in bad lighting conditions that had been filmed. Unfortunately, Dinsdale never learned about this because he passed away. People still weren't giving up, though. In 1969, the Viper Fish was launched. There's a mini submarine that was launched into the Loch Ness to search for the evidence of Nessie. But the sub was armed with a harpoon gun, so... No! I don't think they just wanted a photo of her. It was don't built... hurt Nessie. She's <laughs> gentle, soft-footed. Right? I'm rooting for Nessie to keep hiding from her. The longest game of hide-and-seek. It was built and piloted by Dan Taylor, and on one of his expeditions, he was in the submarine, and he felt it suddenly turn and rotate, and when he looked to see what caused it, there was a huge dust cloud. He believed that this was Nessie's way of greeting him, and he longed to build a bigger submarine and venture out again to meet Nessie. However, he passed away in 2005. This is also sad. Yeah. In 1965, Ian Cameron, who was a former police chief, said that he had seen a monster swimming around for more than an hour. This was later confirmed by fishermen and strangers who were walking across the other side of the lock. More than an hour... That's intense. It is. The other sightings are only like a few seconds and then it's gone. They were just hanging out. What was she doing? Getting a shopping. <laughs> Shut up. Chilling. In 1972, Robert Rines had taken a photograph from a camera lowered off of a boat. The camera took several photos showing dark blobs in the water. The blobs looked like a flipper attached to a dark mass. Rines obviously believed he had caught evidence of Nessie. Unfortunately, in this year, the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau was disbanded. No. Yeah. How am I supposed to join? And I was really sad about that, because I love the idea that no one was actually sure that Nessie was a thing, but they still just made, like, an organised fan group. I'm relaunching it. <laughs> this just in. Uh, Robert was then like, oh my god, I've found, like, a new animal, and he submitted the photographs to nature not like he left them under a tree <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i know um so that they could i think it was published as well so and then three years later robert rines again lowered another 
camera into Loch Ness from a boat that took photographs alongside a very powerful flash firing every 12 seconds. Over 2,000 photographs taken showed nothing but water and the occasional fish, but one frame showed a tubby body, long neck, and a flipper. All of the photos that I'm mentioning will be on Instagram. On Facebook and Twitter, at MetsMagicPod. And this photo is otherwise known as the gargoyle's head. Gargoyle's head. In 1987, the gargoyle's head was found by Dick Rayner. It was an old tree stump sitting on the bottom of the river. No. Some sonar experts took it into their own hands in 1983 and set up 144 floating sonar units on the lock to try and locate Nessie. However, the result showed that the lock was devoid of giant plesiosaurs. This didn't satisfy the public, though, and Operation Deep Scan was launched in October of 1987. This used sonar signals and went from end to end, twice, just to make sure they hadn't missed anything. But still, Nessie was not found. In 2007, Gordon Holmes captured footage of a distant dark mass moving quickly through the lock. However, it wasn't possible to see what the animal looked like properly, so it could have been anything. Really, it wasn't necessarily Nessie. In 2013, there was a photograph of a still lock with a mysterious wave. Some of this evidence isn't good at all. I want you to be well aware. Uh You don't have to take much to convince me, though. You know that I love everything. I love to just believe. It's fun. Um, The mysterious wave was quickly explained away as a wind gust. Then in 2014, Apple Maps showed a large creature below the surface of the lock. It appeared to be about 98 foot long. However, it was explained as floating wood, seal-caused ripples, or the wake of a boat, with the boat having been lost from the picture due to image stitching. Imagine if it was Nessie and that guy on the motorbike was telling the truth, (laughs) and he almost hit a 98 foot long plesiosaur. (laughs) I would have, like, loved it if... Apple Maps would have been what proved Nessie was real. Right. Could you imagine? Last year, research showed that the lock didn't contain any dinosaur DNA, ruling out the plesiosaur route. However, there was apparently a lot of eel DNA floating around, so people are now speculating as to whether Nessie is just a huge eel. Suddenly I like her less. Yeah, I I detest Nessie now if she's just a giant eel. Detest? Yeah. Nessie... I can't stand eels. If I imagine her as like a big like green plesiosaur, I'm like, this is adorable. Love you. If I imagine her as an eel, I don't want to see her. Yeah, right. Stay hidden in the lake, Nessie. <laughs> Stop looking for Nessie now, everyone. Nessie, if you're listening, don't come out. I'm sorry. Now, I feel mean. <laughs> if she hears this, I feel bad. Nessie. Is our special guest. <laughs> Today on the show, we have Nessie, the 98 foot eel. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they didn't know whether it was a cluster of eels or one huge eel so why not both one huge eel surrounded by smaller eels <laughs> she in the is road. the king also Nessie isn't necessarily a girl everyone just calls her Nessie and refers to her as she sorry Nessie I'm using the wrong pronouns could be a boy interestingly there was an article posted today about how Vladdy S. Pecan Today? Yeah. You're going to expose that we recorded this on the same day as released. Yeah, yeah, we're recording it on the Monday that we're releasing it. I'm sorry. Anyway, 
that says Nessie carries her young in a pouch like a kangaroo. Oh. However, this three-line article was above an enthralling article about a woman finding the largest crisp in the world. <laughs> right, okay. When I did Bigfoot and you said I didn't have any evidence, how is this woman, this crisp woman, how is this your evidence? Largest crisp in the world. What kind of crisp? It's a 20 centimeter. I love that you wrote this down. Of course, I knew you were going to ask. It's a 20 centimeter onion ring snack from Asda. I love those. I know. So we're not going to take that as a wholehearted fact. I mean, that's news to me. (laughs) Now I'm going to go get those from Asda and hope that I find a 20 centimeter onion ring. There have not been any injuries linked with the Loch Ness Monster. However, John Cobb died in 1952 when he was trying to beat the water speed record on the Loch Ness, but his boat was hit by an unexplainable wake on the surface. Could there be a link? Maybe. Alright, now let's get on to the Killjoy part of the episode. What can it be instead of a giant, soft-footed flipper monster? An eel. We already talked about this. Next question. (laughs) It could be... A bird, a deer, or an otter causing wakes and waves in the lake. Or, as I've said, a very large eel. Could it be a huge variation of the other animals you mentioned? 98-foot otter? (laughs) Enormous underwater bird. Well, no one actually knows how big it is. A huge. (laughs) I imagine that it's huge. In 1979, it was believed that the surgeon's photograph showed an elephant in the lake. An elephant? I know, it seems a bit off at first, but it was said that possibly circuses that were travelling around might have allowed elephants to bathe in the lake. The trunk could have been the neck and head, and the elephant's head and back being like perceived as humps in the water. Fair enough. Seems like kind of a stretch, but okay. In 2013, Jeremy Wade from River Monsters said that the monster is a Greenland shark. And in 2015, Steve Feltham said that it could be an unexpectedly large variant of the Wells catfish. However, the study that showed there was no plesiosaur DNA also showed a lack of shark and catfish DNA. Plus, if there were an elephant, that could explain one sighting, but the sightings have been over a span of decades, so unless there's an abundance of bathing elephants in Scotland, it doesn't really... (laughs) Seemed likely. There's one elephant that just lives in the lake. It just lives like kind <laughs> of near it. They forgot to come pick him up. Goes in there for baths every day. <laughs> Stands Aww. in the middle of roads. Oh, I love Nessie again. <laughs> it's also possible that it could be misidentified trees floating around in the same way that the gargoyle's head looked convincing, but then it turned out just to be a stump. Alternatively, it could be an optical illusion caused by the waves or lack thereof. W.H. Len took a photograph of a mirage of a rock on Lake Winnipeg resembling a head and neck. She's lost her page, ladies and gents. This is the first for me. Although, if this were the case, would people be seeing the monster move? So if it was just a rock and you were having an optical illusion about it, thinking it was like the head and neck of a giant sea monster... It wouldn't be swimming about. It's kind of a specific thing to have an optical illusion about. Yeah. Well, it's possible, but yeah. However, in psychology, we learned about something called the autokinetic effect, 
which is basically where you think a spot of light is moving when it's dark because you have nothing to base its movement off of. Okay, kind of like when you get seasick. Yeah, yeah. But because like, you, you don't know where the horizon is. Yeah, I mean, there was a study done, it was like a completely black room, and then you had like one spot of light, and you were asked to judge how much it had moved. And it didn't move, but everyone was like, oh yeah, it moved bare. Okay. So perhaps, if you're already getting the optical illusion from like a rock, and the sea's moving, well, it's not the sea, the lake's moving, maybe the effect can occur alongside it, so it looks like a a, a lake monster. You don't look very convinced by that. No, I'm laughing because you said, ah, yeah, it moved bare, and then just continued moving. <laughs> to translate, ah, yes, it moved a lot. All right. People have also said it could just be folklore. So the idea of a large water monster was originally used to keep children away from large bodies of water. That's true, yeah. Like Jenny Green Teeth. I don't know what that is. Continue. <laughs> I've already explained. Studies have showed that the water monsters used to resemble horses in the older stories and now they resemble plesiosaurs. This could be due to the more recent knowledge of plesiosaurs having existed. That's a very specific change. It used to be a horse and now it's a plesiosaur? Yeah. Were kids afraid of horses? Or was it, that was the biggest animal you could think of? Well, it was probably, yeah, it was probably that. That's so wild. And now plesiosaurs are. Yeah. So... Well, I guess, because you know that plesiosaurs used to live in, in, in water. You're like, oh yeah, this huge... I mean, they were huge and, like, terrifying. So, yeah, I guess it just, just changed. So it could just be a total myth. In addition, it could be a series of hoaxes, some of which I've already mentioned, but there was another one in 1972 where a large body was found floating in the water. The corpse was around five and a half metres long and weighed around 1.5 tonnes. The Press Association described it as having a bear's head and a brown scaly body with claw-like fins. However, it was found to be a bull elephant seal that had been shaved and disfigured by John Shields after its death the week prior. That's horrible. Yeah. He worked at Yorkshire's Flamingo Park Zoo. I don't think he works there anymore after that's oh, done. probably not, yeah. But he was just doing it to hoax his co-workers. Very specific, like, an intense thing to do to hoax your co-workers. Yeah. Just take their lunch or something. <laughs> I mean, luckily, it was already dead, you know? At least it didn't kill it for the hoax. That would have been yeah awful. In 2004, Five TV tried to use special effects and a giant animatronic model of a plesiosaur to convince people there was a lock monster. However, they had some issues because Lucy, the animatronic monster... Sank to the bottom of the lock. Lucy! But they didn't mess it all up because this prompted over 600 sightings where she was left. They should have put armbands on it. Floaties. <laughs> Obviously, people keep referring to the Loch Ness monster as a plesiosaur. However, plesiosaurs were probably cold blooded, so would need tropical waters to survive in. Also, plesiosaurs couldn't lift their neck the way that Nessie supposedly does. Because oh wow, I didn't know that. I thought they could like look around, you know? No, because their their bone structure wouldn't allow it. Oh. So they couldn't lift their neck like, if you imagine a swan, because that's how Nessie's always imagined. Yeah, they couldn't do that. I have a toy figure of a plesiosaur and he has his neck lifted, so I'm going to send it back. Well, they could lift it, but they couldn't, they couldn't, it wasn't like curved like a swan, if you know what yeah. I mean. 
Also, the Loch Ness is only uh, 10,000 years old, so it wouldn't have been available for use by plesiosaurs because they are older than that. I was thinking, what's a dinosaur doing in Scotland? Yeah. Also, plesiosaurs would have had to surface multiple times a day to breathe, so if there were any in the loch, there would be a hell of a lot more sightings than there are. Also, as I said, there was no plesiosaur DNA found in the lake. So... That's pretty much it. One quick note. I've solved it. Nessie is an amphibian. She lives on land, sometimes goes in the water. We're looking in the wrong place. Nessie is four otters in a trench coat. <laughs> Nessie is a huge eel worming its way onto the road every now Surrounded and then. Surrounded by smaller eels. <laughs> maybe it's Smaller like a... eels are lifting her onto the yeah, road. Yeah, maybe it's like a team of animals. An <laughs> otter lifting an eel. They're all on a deer's back. <laughs> they're all like oh let's go prank the humans guys pranked so yeah what do you think about the Loch Ness Monster I mean I love Nessie I love believing in stuff I think it's so fun to believe in things like even if there's no solid proof how fun is it to think that there could be a huge thing inside of that lake just chilling mm-hmm. like it's so fun so I kind of believe for that reason realistically with the evidence you just gave me probably not you know i don't think that there is something in there but i mean maybe there is see i started off not believing because of course i did because i don't believe in anything on this podcast even though i'm open-minded and actually do it always sounds like i don't um but then there were things like multiple people saying that they'd seen this huge monster at the same time like when the the police chief said it and then the fishermen said it and strangers said it yeah, I think there could be something in there. I just don't I have literally no idea what it is. I don't think it's a plesiosaur. I wish it was, but I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. Um, I really hope it's not a giant eel. Yeah, that, eels creep me out. Um, so scary threat. Uh, if it's a plesiosaur, one. If it's a giant eel, ten. <laughs> 10 out of 5. 10 out of I 5. I think realistically, probably like... Probably like a 2, maybe. 2. Well, I think... I think the scariest thing about Nessie is that if we ever found her, people probably would kill her. And that's scary. R- rather than like her being actually scary. I don't know, though, because if she was seen carrying an animal into the lake, like if that was real, then she doesn't just eat fish. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. I think what's scary is that they, it's like Bigfoot. There could be an animal out there that just exists and we don't really know anything about it. Yeah. Because I liked it. It's like the bottom of the sea. It's scary to me because there are things in there that we can't explain. That We don't know what's down there. We don't know if Nessie is real and that's, that scares me. But equally, like because there is a lack of evidence and it being scary, like a lack of scary evidence. If there was like multiple sightings or like people going missing or whatever, I'd be like five. Yeah, fair but there isn't, so maybe like a maybe like a one or two. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would rate it as being higher if I knew for sure that she could come on land. Yeah, definitely. Because then it's like, no, you stick to your own territory. I yeah. just won't come in the lock. It's not hard. Yeah, just don't go in. Um, convincing. Are you trying to do the scare scale? Do you um, mean? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not write it down? Look, Do you mean all right. danger threat slash threat level? 
Well, I already said threat. I said threat slash scary. Those are two different categories. Threat. Threat. I don't think there is that much of a threat. I feel like I like to imagine that she's gentle. I know she's probably not, but I like to imagine that she's just a gentle animal. Plesiosaurs weren't that gentle. Have you seen their teeth? Oh, they're so cute. I know that you're imagining like a cartoon. <laughs> like the one from The Good Dinosaur. But this is not that. Have you seen their teeth? They're just gentle, Kate. Okay? Shush. Anyway. Okay. okay. No, I know that they're not. I don't know. I feel like the threat isn't high. I feel like if if people were going missing, as I said, then maybe it would be a scarier threat. Well, that guy died and the other guy had his submarine. I'm not going in flipped. there in a submarine. I think if I stood near the lake, nothing would happen. Okay. So maybe like a two. All right. You think it's real? Um, I, I don't know. I really want to believe in Nessie. I don't know if I think she's real, though. Or, like, how... Like, do you think my sources are, like, fine? You know what I mean? Uh, because, I mean, I used a lot. And they all said kind of the same thing, but it's from the same... It's all, like, eyewitness, because all of the photographs are just kind of poo. Well, that's what I mean. You showed me some photos that I thought were convincing, and then you just ruined all of them. Especially that one that's a tree. I was like, that's a dinosaur. Fully. That's oh, an animal. Yeah. Like, I, I was 100% sure that that was a real thing. And I was like, why are we not talking about this? And then you debunked it, so now I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I wish like I could have just not debunked it and just made everyone believe in the Loch Ness Monster. But... Maybe like a two and a half. Yeah? Yeah, because I want to believe. And... We don't know. I think that's the thing like that you cannot prove something like that because you can't see in the water. And it's so big. Yeah. Drain the lake. Don't drain the lake. Wasn't that like a Simpsons episode? I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Yeah. Don't drain the lake. She's just trying to hang out. <laughs> She's just chilling in her yoga pants. <laughs> that... yeah, gym but no, I, I think I mean, as well, there was um so when they were doing the the, the sonar things and there was nothing found in it they then found out that there was this huge crevice in in the lake and they were like oh she's just hiding down there then isn't she so who knows she could be yeah any alternative explanations um four eyes in a trench coat elephant taking a bath (laughs) huge eel surrounded by smaller eels (laughs) cool Any any alternative explanations that you can think of? Dinosaur? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, d- no. What would be a big animal? I'd be like an elephant seal. <laughs> I love that you're not going for the obvious. An alternative explanation could just be that Scotland's made it up for the tourist money. Oh, yeah. I didn't think I was like, what kind of huge like, animal? Whatever could... animals are there? It's a huge sausage dog. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, why are people just saying that? Like, surely they must, but yeah, I guess. People they make just... a lot of money from it. Like, a lot in tourism. Well, I was just about to say I want to go. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I guess they could just keep that up. I mean, that's obviously really cynical. I don't know. I, I think I might believe in Messi. You do? Maybe. I think I definitely, I don't think that there's a plesiosaur, but I think that there is something big in that. Oh, yeah. I think there's probably something, probably something in there, you know? Yeah. I just don't know what it is. But yeah. Maybe we'll go and investigate. Maybe we won't, because you're afraid of water. 
We'll just send you in. I don't want to. Thanks. <laughs> I, I believe. I'm going to put the spooky music on now while we talk about the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Please, you source. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Alright, I'm ending it here before she does something else. Okay, William. thank you. Also, if you want to go to our Patreon, I realised that I said the link wrong earlier. It's patreon.com forward slash murder. Wow, I can't believe you. Conquer the staff. I know, I'm not. I'm not on it today. I'm just not. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>